I'm Dr. Joey Fawcett, and I coach companies and individuals to work positive, and this rhymes with orange. So, hey, Kate, I got a very important question for you, and I need you to be honest with me. Okay. Uh, do you, and, and again, be honest, because I do work with you, but um, do you like your job? Yes. You, hesita <laughs> you yeah. hesitated. You hesitated for just a minute. Well, it's the middle of a work day, so I had to really think about it. But when I take okay. a step back, I like my job. Okay. And, I, well, the reason I ask is because I, I also like my job at Campbell University. I, I enjoy it immensely, and... Uh, uh, the odds are, though, that if I like my job, I guess the odds are in favor that you probably don't like your job because um, as very topical of uh, today's podcast, uh, we have learned that 85% of Americans either dislike or are unsatisfied with their jobs, and that is a number that surprised me. Yes, and I had not heard that before. Uh, but luckily, in my investigation of Joey Fawcett, who's our guest today, I uncovered a lot of fun facts about the American job market and people's feelings about their job. So uh, thank you, everybody, for, for downloading this. This is the first episode of the third year of the Rhymes of the Orange podcast, and maybe the fourth year. I'd have to go back and look. I do know uh, we are we are approaching like our 75th episode coming up soon. So um, on our way to 100, the, we've done a lot of these, but this is the first one of the fall semester. And uh, before we started recording, we were talking about uh, when was the last time we did this? And uh, it turns out we were actually doing these back in the spring semester after the campus uh, shut down to students. I'd forgotten that we uh, we had a podcast with Wes Rich and with Mm -hmm. uh, David Tillman, and we had talked about uh, you know, COVID-19 tracing and, and uh, a lot of fun stuff. A lot has happened since then, and we're recording this on the first full week of classes of a, uh, of a new and very unique and very odd semester, and you and I have both had a chance to be on campus with all the students there. What are, what are your impressions so far? Um, it's different. It feels like a totally different campus with that student union on it. Uh, we've mentioned this to each other before, but we really didn't expect to see people in there for a very long time. So I love it. It's really refreshing to me to see people walking around and everyone's following the guidelines as far as I can tell. So I'm a big fan. We're not totally back to full time yet. And I'm definitely not back to the full time on campus mindset yet, but I'm off um, this is happening, and I won't name names, but there there are other colleges and universities that have tried to do the on-campus thing and have uh, immediately reverted back to online remote learning. And uh, I'm not saying they did it wrong. I'm not saying Campbell did it right. Uh, but so far, so good for Campbell University. And I know everybody is is uh, keeping their fingers crossed. I know a lot of a lot of work was put into making everybody come back possible and yeah. uh, you know here we are a full week into it and so far so good and I too enjoyed seeing people on campus and I too have enjoyed the student union that's a that's a heck of a building you yeah know, we, we saw it, we walked through it when it was a skeleton we walked through it when it was complete but had no furniture in it 
And then we walked through it for a few months when it was complete and furnished and nobody was in it. So to actually see it being used now is, uh, is Great. refreshing, I would mm -hmm. say. And I'm, we're talking, I'm from, I'm at home right now and I swear I hear, uh, an animal in the bushes behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to look around real quick and make sure I'm not being stalked. So well, yeah. what a way to go. Yeah. So anyway, uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about our guest today, Kate, because, uh, you went out and found him. Ah, he came to me. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Joey Fawcett today. Uh, he's an alumni. He is, he's an alumni. He's an alumnus. Yeah. <laughs> an author, a speaker, and a coach, and he's also the founder of Listen to Life, which is what we at Campbell call an orange-owned business owned by an alumnus. It's a business coaching firm, and he is actually quite experienced in the world of podcasts, and I think that's evident when you listen to this podcast. Yeah. He was great to talk to. Uh, we're talking to him because his programming called Work Positive uh, has just been adopted by Campbell Adult and Online Education, which is great. It's going to give a lot of folks the opportunity to learn how to have a more positive and leadership mindset at work. It's going to use coaching training and it is 100% virtual. One of our more enthusiastic podcast guests. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed this. We, we recorded this yesterday and it was good. And I just want to uh, thank everybody again. And thank you, Kate. I'm looking forward to another semester of podcasts. I miss doing this. Me too. It's fun. I'm a little rusty, but it's a good time. Yeah. Well, everybody, uh, thank you and enjoy our interview with Dr. Joey Fawcett. And uh, we'll be at this next week and the week after and all throughout the semester. Uh, thank you for listening. So I'll start us off. Dr. Joey, can you tell us what brought you to Campbell in the 80s as an undergraduate student? You just had to throw that in the I did. I really card in did. there. <laughs> Probably got yeah. socks over and, and you. then and then ask yeah, ask Kate what year she was born in. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, but look, there are a lot of my classmates out there who are still living. So we're we're loud and proud Campbell fans. Uh, <laughs> we we were there before uh, Dr. Wiggins would have ever allowed a hashtag of roll humps. Let me just assure oh, you. Of that. <laughs> we have strong feelings yeah. on that topic ourselves. I love it personally, but what brought me to Campbell was, uh, well, <laughs> I thought I was going to Chapel Hill to be a pediatrician. And uh, fortunately, divine forces prevailed and kept me off of Franklin Street. Uh, so it <laughs> was a good day for me. Uh, that's when I decided that uh, my, my calling was in another path. And so I came to Campbell, um, really seeking what my best fit for work was and in that discovered that creative communication is one of my gifts and so I majored in English and uh, English education to make my mom happy that I would actually have a job when I finished uh, <laughs> college and then I was one of the first mass comm majors uh, well, actually, it was a minor back then, but one of the first mass comm graduates from Campbell. Dan Inslee founded the department, and Dan was the station manager at WCCE, and uh, I was his program director. So, wow. So what so brought was me radio. there was a, oh, yeah. a lot of search. Yeah. 
a lot of search. Mm -hmm. What was your first job after college? Did you start in radio right away? Well, yeah, for three years, I was Dan's program director there at the radio station. And then I went to Pinehurst and was morning air personality and general sales manager of a station there. Wow, that's a start. <laughs> and then yeah. from there, how did you get into this entrepreneurship type well, entrepreneurship styled business of teaching people to be better leaders. Right. Well, it, the, the entrepreneurship style actually began before I ever came to Campbell. In fact, it began as a nine-year-old when one day I went to the mailbox and found this mysterious big um, brownish manila style envelope. And it was from the sales leadership club. And I discovered that if you had enough courage to go door to door in the summer in Eastern North Carolina, you could actually sell inscribed Christmas cards to people, which back then, a hundred years ago, you know, it was a big deal uh, because people normally wrote their names in Christmas cards, right? But this would give you an inscribed Christmas card, which of course the exact opposite is true today, right? It's sure. a big deal if you get a handwritten one. So uh, the entrepreneurship style really began then as a nine-year-old going door-to-door -door selling Christmas cards in August uh, in Tarboro, North Carolina. Uh, but I, I grew up thinking that that's what people did because my grandfather, my mom's dad, was a dairy farmer and a tobacco farmer, and he and my grandmother ran a country store. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they ever got cured of their workaholism, but they were entrepreneurs, uh, and, and really, uh, I just thought everybody did that. My dad's dad was also an entrepreneur, uh, just lots of jobs and working for himself as a freelancer. So I, I just thought that's what people did. <laughs> wow. I have two comments based on that story. One is as yeah. an Ohioan, I cannot imagine even at nine with that kind of energy going around North Carolina in the summer door to door. And <laughs> secondly, yeah, it was 100 said, degrees. <laughs> oh, that sounds so miserable. Yeah. My first year out of college, I did business to business in person sales. Okay. And the mindset that that takes was something totally new to me mm. as a writing slash PR major I had never encountered before. And I mm -hmm. wish that I had because I would have been mm. a lot tougher. Um, so you went from having this entrepreneurial mindset your whole life to mm. now you are the proud owner of what we at Campbell would call an orange owned business, right? Anything yeah. that our um, <laughs> alumni are, right. are running oh, these days. Sarah, Sarah has me registered. <laughs> okay. Well, Sarah is very good at registering people and it's really <laughs> nice for us to get to see what our alumni are, are doing, uh, you know, later in life. And right, your business right. is quite a successful one with now a Campbell connection that we're going to talk about mm -hmm. in just a little bit. Um, but that's called listen to life. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us how you, that business got its start? Sure. Um, got its start like uh, most great businesses did by accident. Um, <laughs> I guess there are people who set out and, you know, go develop business plans and all like, this is what we're going to do, do your market analysis. But there, there invariably is a, a serendipitous spark that creates an idea and there's plenty of money out there, but there's a shortage of ideas always. So um, the idea began when someone uh, heard me do a public speaking engagement and he happened to be the president of an AMFM radio station in the market where I lived. And they, they had the best numbers in the market. And so he said to me, um, have you ever been in radio broadcasting? And I 
you know, confess that I had. <laughs> and uh, so he asked me, would I be interested in doing something with his station? And I said, well, sure. And let's, let's have a conversation. And I mean, I had a day job at the time. So we had a conversation and he just offered me carte blanche, the opportunity to do anything I wanted on his radio station. Well, you know, that's the good news and the bad news. Um, you know, okay, what are you going to do? So anyway, long story short, we wound up with a uh, short form syndicated radio program, 60 second vignette, just real short form. Um, we wound up syndicating it. Uh, former ABC radio executive took it on. We were on literally coast to coast on radio stations back when radio was a more dominant force in the audio sphere. Uh, now, of course, it competes with podcasting, which is what yeah. we're doing right here, right? <laughs> Uh, but uh, terrestrial radio, it's called now. And so that blossomed into a uh, syndicated newspaper column, which actually began a series of books. Um, in fact, uh, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but October 20th of this year, my eighth book uh, publishes. So uh, all of that began with a serendipitous conversation. Hey, I heard your presentation. You have a great voice. You have a face for radio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like to do something on our stations, and so uh, so it just began that way. And then I've always had an intense interest in uh, organizational development as well as people development. Did doctoral work at NC State in adult education, and really was able to uh, study with some amazing people doing great things around the world and helping organizations develop as well as people develop. So it was an opportunity to really marry these two great gifts that uh, I received, and that is of creative communication and then this intense curiosity, which has moved beyond organizational development um, and into people development, more specifically around coaching, doing group and team coaching, uh, executive coaching, as well as organizational coaching. Okay. So the coaching is what leads us to the reason you're with us today, which is uh, the new work positive program at Campbell University. And, and I will certainly ask you about that because um, we want to learn more about that. But when we, when we learned about it, uh, when Sarah Swain with, the, uh, um, with our uh, alumni relations department here uh, approached us about, about you and the story, she said, um, she gave us the I guess the statistics that you gave her, which is 85% of workers in the country are dissatisfied or disengaged with their work. And we'll get into work positive, but I want to talk about the work negative first because <laughs> uh, 85%, I mean, nobody, nobody loves, I say love, okay, nobody. There's not the perfect job out there, but, but <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, Billy, you prove the case. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer: I love my job, <laughs> but um, you love your job, right? Yeah, oh, I do, yeah. I do. But eighty-five percent just seems like a an awfully high number, and so um, yeah. explain explain that number and it and why is. it's so high. Sure. Well, the Gallup poll found that to be true. Um, and we've seen different surveys. The, the smallest number that might make you more comfortable, Billy, the smallest number we've seen is about two thirds of all American workers rank themselves somewhere between dissatisfied and very dissatisfied. 75% uh, being a mid medium range number, median number. And uh, Gallup found in the most recent poll, 85%. Dissatisfaction comes from lots of places. Um, we can talk about what those are. Uh, yeah, to yeah, sure. Uh, toxic workplaces are, are dominant. 
4% of all Americans say that they have left a job because of a bad boss and 32%. <laughs> okay, this is an audio podcast. They did not see you raise your hand. <laughs> very, very sheepishly. <laughs> yeah, not your current job. <laughs> and, and 32% of other American workers say they've seriously considered leaving their job because of a bad boss. So the predominant reason people leave is a bad boss. The, the fact of the matter is there are no real, well, there are very few bad bosses out there. There are companies that allow poor behavior by bosses. Right. And that's where we have found that the work positive framework really injects into a company's culture, a positive DNA, certain strategies for people development, tactics that you uh, mentor, coach your teams around. It's almost like a DNA infusion into mm -hmm. a company to help them do the things that really support their teams and help the KPIs of the company get achieved and their major, their mission, vision, values, and their major goals. Uh, so it's, it's larger than just a bad boss. It's much larger than disengaged or dissatisfied employees. So how, and again, we will talk about the program, but how, <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, when, when you view from the outside, uh, what a company's doing right and wrong, um, what do you look for and how can you gauge that in such a short time? And then how do you tell them? I, I guess you have to be brutally honest sometimes, right? Yeah. Well, Billy, your three questions there really beg a certain POV and that is from a consultant perspective. And we really don't function as consultants. That, yeah, that, that was the word I wanted to avoid, but yeah. yeah, guess, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Well, we used to function as consultants and I mean, I'm, I'm a certified consultant in a few areas, uh, ODB and one, but the reason for that is we'd go in, we'd, we'd interview a bazillion people. You know, it would be obvious to us as outsiders because it's, you know, insiders, forest and trees, but it'd be obvious to us what it were what needed doing. We'd recommend some action steps, print out a really slick looking plan uh, or deliver a wonderful PowerPoint and, and walk away knowing that the plan was going to stay on the shelf because it was our plan. It, right. it wasn't their plan. So as we coach, what we do is simply describe the benefits of a work positive culture, because the number one issue companies face around the world today is top talent attraction and retention. How do I get the, the best people in our company and how do I keep them? Now it was easier not so long ago because you could put an espresso machine and some granola, uh, you know, put a few ellipticals in the break room, right? And, yeah. and play sports channel all day or, or something. And it, okay, there we go. But that would hey, actually, that would still work for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so many of us are working from home now. So, That's true. Yeah. What, what's going to attract and retain top talent? Well, the way that you care for your people, the way that you create a sustainable company, the way that you help your teams be more productive, and the way you buy back time for your team. That is, you help them become productive enough and hit the KPIs for the company well enough so that they not only earn a living, but they can make a life also. That is, they get out of the office earlier to do what they love with those they love. And that's right. what we're really working for is the discretionary time to go do those activities that we love with the people sure. we love. So um, 
how, how does that translate into a, you're doing this program for Campbell University's adult and online education. Mm-hmm. How does that, how, how does what you've done in the past and, and what you built with this program, how does that translate into a, uh, a college level program for um, future entrepreneurs, future directors, future bosses? Um, how's Campbell implementing this? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, this is a non-credit program, so I want to make that really clear. Right. It's, it's We're helping Cheryl McLaughlin and AOE launch their professional development program as such. And there's some amazing people over in AOE, and, and we just absolutely love working with them. Um, of course, part of that jazz for me is that it's my alma mater. So what, we, <laughs> what we've discovered is that that people really want to work positive. They just sometimes lack the tools or the knowledge in order to do that. So we come at it from two perspectives. One, uh, and this comes after decades of myself and my coaching partner, Jane Cresswell, who founded the IBM Coaches Network, by the way, uh, of working with C-suite executives and helping them discover how to work positive and then really coaching them to bring about leadership principles into the company that helps the company work positive. What we discovered was that that influence while vast and effective usually dams up in changing company culture right around the middle level manager. And so how do we equip and empower mid-level managers to be a part of that solution of creating a work positive culture. And then how do we equip and empower their teams to be a part of that work positive culture solution so that it becomes everyone's responsibility to create a work positive culture. Everyone's empowered to do that. Everyone understands how to do that. And the way that that happens is through the work positive framework. And so we uh, are very, very blessed to work with one of the top, top uh, learning companies on the planet. I mean, if you look up learning experience platforms, learning pools shows up in the top 10 or 20 every single time, regardless of the expression or expressed desire for the platform. So if Facebook married Blackboard, for instance, or some other learning management system, you would get this learning experience platform. So there are courses in there. It's video based. We usually have short videos. I think the longest video we've ever done in our lives is seven minutes. And then there are activities. So you can upload your own videos on there. You can upload a podcast like this one. You can upload articles. Uh, You can insert text. You can comment on videos. You can comment on other people's comments. The whole system is gamified so that you get, you have a leaderboard. People, some people want to, smash everybody else and be at the top. Most people don't want to be at the bottom though. (laughs) That's what they're really after. So the whole thing's gamified. So it encourages you and motivates you to work together. So what you've done is you've taken the organization and you've flattened it. And so you've created a a peer-to-peer dynamic social learning environment. Now, the cool thing about what Campbell's doing is it'll be primarily for alums, but it'll be for those who aren't alums, but maybe have kids that could become alums, right? Uh, You're creating this global learning, get positive learning community through Campbell University because anybody anywhere, whether they've got a smartphone, a tablet, desktop, laptop, whatever they've got, they can interact and they can learn. So they will watch our video, comment on it, comment on other people's comments, comment on other people's videos. So we're streaming the core content and it's a process. 
So some courses are linear and they're asynchronous. That is, you can do it in your pajamas at three o'clock in the morning if you can't go to sleep. Others are synchronous. And a particular note is our program that is International Coach Federation approved. Uh, there are not that many programs in the world that are, but we're very blessed to be one that is. It's where you can go through, particularly if you're an HR or people development professional, you can go through our program and actually it leads you to certification by ICF mm -hmm. so that you can become a certified coach and at the same time become a certified work positive coach. And that's the real genius behind what we do. We're affecting positive change in work cultures while using coaching. And that is such a powerful force. Uh, most companies, when they create a positive work culture, see a 19% increase in operating income and a 28% increase in revenue growth year after year. Mm. Companies that use coaching alone, let's just take coaching in the customer service arena. They see an increase in effectiveness in customer service of like 450%. Wow. So you marry those two things together when you start coaching to create a positive work culture. Not only are you retaining and attracting top talent, you are also making money so that you can invest in organizations like Campbell University that are doing good all over the world. So you can see that we're more than a little bit happy to be partnering <laughs> with Campbell around creating oh, yeah. positive work cultures through coaching. Sounds like the ideal right there. Is Campbell the only university that you're currently working with or where is work positive right now? Yeah, well, no, we're also with another university. Um, How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not mention that university. Uh, okay. we're, we're also in conversation with about a dozen other universities. That's great. Uh, so yeah, so I, I will not give them shameless plugs and cool. promise when they have me on their podcast to do the same thing for them. <laughs> I won't mention you. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, as, as every podcast we've done for the past six months, it all comes around to COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh -huh. um one of these days we'll get through a podcast without without bringing it up but uh um, <laughs> how you live that long <laughs> yeah ob obviously it's changed what you do and and maybe your approach but how has it changed you said pre-covid we were at 85 percent post-covid you have a lot of people who are afforded the opportunity of working from home now and i know that presents its own challenges um parents with children and, 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 yeah, um, and the like, and there's a ton of, you know, ton of issues that this country is still working out there, but just mm -hmm. overall has working from home for a lot of these companies helped or hurt their satisfaction level. Do you think, you know, uh, there are some companies now that are doing some work in that area uh, around satisfaction, but particularly engagement, the initial numbers are suggesting that engagement has increased a bit. Um, the, the shift in focus that we hope will happen is to move beyond defining work as hours worked to outcomes produced. And we think that this whole work from home thing, which will continue into next year, uh, some of the larger companies, Google and others, I think Twitter also, uh, are, sent, are keeping their people at home through mid-year of twenty one. There is a study that came out of Australia, which suggested 38% increase in productivity wow. during what they call the lockdown. 
Um, so and, why do you th why do you think that is? Because uh, well, I, I I would agree with that. I, I get yeah. I get a lot done at home. <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, first of, first of all, the the time savings of a commute is yeah. huge. Oh yeah. Now in Bowie's Creek, we you know we can't appreciate that. But if you go to Raleigh, or, well, I think a lot think of a lot of our faculty, are. a lot of our staff commute from Raleigh and exactly the law from, schools in downtown Raleigh. So sure. I mean, you yeah, know, you've got a lot of. A lot of opportunities there just to get time back. Uh, a second thing is I think it's given us an opportunity to reprioritize. And that is because we're home and because our, our engagement is more in the home arena, then we find ourselves saying, well, hey, uh, maybe I can spend more time with my kids if I've got them at home. Of course, now <laughs> we, we have contractors with our company who have their kids at home and it is a bit inconvenient. So I am, I am not glossing mm -hmm. over that. That right. that's a tough challenge. You know, we we've actually heard three-year-olds during live demos of the get positive <laughs> learning experience platform wailing because they didn't want to take a nap. It sounded like yes. a banshee crying, yeah. but uh, yeah, that aside, uh, it still gives you an opportunity to reprioritize. I think thirdly, more people are getting outdoors uh, because that's mm -hmm. one of the designated places we can be without as much risk of infection. And uh, we absolutely love being outdoors. In fact, I live on a little 22-acre farm. And uh, so we, we've been getting outdoors for years and years and years. One of the ways that it's actually helped our company, and we feel like we're brought to this point in time in history for this reason, is we've been using Zoom, for instance, for about four or five years after getting severely uh, dissatisfied with another um, provider who was an early company that almost sounds like sky. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we, we chose zoom and it was, it turned out to be a wise choice. And so I coach and our co we have about 40 coaches in the get positive coach community all around the world. And our coaches were beginning to adopt zoom, but we were finding some resistance on the part of executives and others. Now zoom is a way of life. In fact, zoom fatigue is a thing. So, um, so we, we were prepared for that. And then the whole get positive learning experience platform is online and it's obviously social. So it includes a way for people to learn and to share information that doesn't have that zoom fatigue factor. So I got off the road last fall in the fall of 19 and by off the road, I mean from doing on-site work uh, as a, as an executive coach to prepare for this, not knowing COVID was coming. Right. So we were really having to talk to people and yeah, zoom is just like being there. Um, or yes, you can use this platform. It, it, it's a dynamic way of, of learning. Uh, we don't have to do that anymore. People are coming to us saying, in fact, large corporations uh, on other continents, you know, 20 countries on another continent, a bank is saying to us, can you help us get our training content onto this learning experience platform? Because this is the only way we've got to do it. Yeah. We think it's a much better way of learning rather than fire hosing your employees for two days in a workshop and then expecting them to change their behavior and go off and mm -hmm. do whatever it was they were fire hosed with, whatever content it was. Right. Now they can learn at their own pace and they can learn from each other in, in more of a drip environment as opposed to a fire hosed environment. So we see, while, while it's been very, very challenging for the economy and for us as individuals, particularly around loneliness issues with quarantine, um, we see it as a dramatically important time for our company in providing solutions for organizations. Yeah. 
can definitely see the positives there. And we're looking forward to hearing more about Work Positive as this partnership continues. And I'm sure we'll hear from you again. We do have to wrap it up because not only does our podcast have a very loose time limit, but Zoom has a pretty firm time limit. <laughs> no, don't tell this. everybody we, we're, we're using <laughs> oh, free Zoom. Got right a free yeah, account. <laughs> I could have, no. I've got a paid account. We could talk uh, for hours. <laughs> actually, actually uh, I do have a paid account. <laughs> and that's that's for the other podcast that I do, and I'm signed in through my work account right now. So, oh, okay. uh, but you know what? The 40 minutes keeps us keeps us honest it anyway. It does. <laughs> and, and Dr. Wiggins, God bless, rest his soul. He would be happy that you had a free account. I'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you still. Is. Yeah, uh, uh, Dr. Fawcett, this was uh, uh, very enlightening, and uh, and you you are a. a a uh, delightful host, or not host, guest. I'm sorry. Well, I have my own I'm, podcast. I'm trying to get you, to, I'm trying to, get you I, to host this. Well, I am a host, so yeah. Please, I, take I, it I that. No, well, no, this is fun, though. Well, this well, is fun. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Let me give a quick plug for something Sarah's got coming That's up, good. and that is a summit that we're going to do. It's going to be on five Thursdays in October, and it's uh, Lunch and Learn. It'll be from 12 to 12.50, and we're actually going to go through the five core practices of a work-positive work style. And so we'll pluck off one of those each week. It'll be a highly dynamic, engaged environment. Um, you'll get a copy of my new book that's coming out. Plus, you'll get a deep discount on the Seven Keys to Work Positive coaching program that AOE is offering. So be on the lookout for more information about that. All right. Well, Dr. Joey Fawcett, we will include links to everything you do and to the uh, Work Positive program at Campbell University uh, with this podcast on social media. So um, if you liked what you heard here, check it out. And uh, there's a lot more to learn. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's been my pleasure, really. And Katie, thanks so much. Thank you.